Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong! voice might be headed towards sounding like Hayes there in that song. Uh, welcome to Silver and Gold, Daddy. I'm the Loaf, and with me, Dr. Zahn. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> this week, uh, we are reviewing... Maybe we keep uh, getting these movies that have little uh, similarities, I think, by chance. Um, Buster and Billy and Savage Streets. Uh, we'll talk about those soon. Zom. How are you, sir? I feel like the weight of the world has been lifted off my shoulders. I am back in seclusion. I am back to being a confirmed bachelor. I've heard the I've heard the world weighs about as much as seventy five cats. Just this, <laughs> it's just, a, just a rumor. Um, the pressure is off. I don't have to go to uh, like a psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> it's my turn. It's my turn for that. I think. I feel so. I do feel. I feel like so relieved. There, uh, you just have to come to the point in your life when you realize that some people just aren't meant to be, like you know, all lovey dovey, lovey <laughs> <laughs> dovey, and you know, um, have um, somebody bother them and call them and want to talk and. Ugh. <laughs> and some of us would just like that just once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. whatever. Whatever, dude. Um, yeah, it's been a, another week here. Going to work, coming home, and now getting sick. It's been a while though, so I'd say if you if you go and listen to Holiday Time um in our past years of this show, you'll probably see I'm sick more often than not, but this is You're the first time in quite a while I've been uh I've been actually like getting something, so we'll see how th- what this what happens with this. But I'm starting to feel the 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 funk brewing in the fa- in my face, so we'll see how. It- you are starting to feel the funk <laughs> brewing, you egg sucking dog. Yes, Terry so Funk. Th- Terry Funk, everybody. What Terry what? Funk? Um, what have you been watching this week? Uh, didn't watch a lot, but I think I watched a few quality films that have slipped through the cracks. There you go. Wait a <clears throat> the cracks. I can't get that out very well. Maybe I'm getting sick. Uh-oh. <coughs> okay, hang on one second. Dig it. Cracks. There we go. There it okay. is. I watched 12 Years a Slave, the Steve McQueen uh, directed mm-hmm. movie starring lots of people. 
including Chuwitel Um I can't <laughs> say that name, but he's a good actor. And it also has uh, the Fassbender and the um, Brad Pitt. Oh, now, the Fassbender's so disgusting. Um, I didn't watch this movie, even though I think you and several of my friends told me how you know that it was really good. Yeah. Um, the reason is because of actually what it was and how it was yeah. when I finally did see it. It depresses the shit out of me. Yeah. It makes me sick that human beings could be that way yeah. and still are that way today in uh, uh, other parts of the world where they actually have people in slavery or indentured servitude and everything. And even in this country where there are women who are being held in fucking places as sex slaves, prostitutes, and rednecks that think that uh, because you have a certain amount of pigmentation in your skin you are a lesser a human being yeah and uh a lot of those are backing a certain presidential candidate uh right now um <laughs> but this is a very good movie fassbender was a piece of fucking human shit oh, he was so bad um <sighs> damn it's I been a long that. time since i've seen that i haven't seen that man it's been probably since it first came out on video and uh, on at home it was a um uh, you you see these things, and you know I know people. Some people would be like, uh, oh, "I wouldn't just where a human being can be beaten down to such a level." Uh, but also see this in some Holocaust movies where um, survival becomes the one and only thing. You know right, right. that you'll do, you'll suffer whatever humiliation. Whatever uh, physical abuse, mental abuse, and you know anything, because you don't want to give up. You want to survive, and seeing people reach the point where they want someone to actually do them in, so they don't have to suffer anymore. It's just really, uh, it's something that you know people need to see. But I'm sure there are people out there that would say, you know, that it it was a uh, gross overstatement, fiction. It probably there were some, you know, a lot of good slave owners. You know, there's people like that about, like I said, with the Holocaust and stuff. It's sickening. Uh, this is, it's a good movie, but it does kind of, and it should, you know, it's mm-hmm. good to remember things like that, I think, uh, considering we can't remember, you know, shit that happened uh, in 2001. <laughs> right. You know, uh, or learn from that. Um, I watched um, 2012's, uh, yeah, 2012's Andrew Dominic, written and directed. Uh, well, he wrote the screenplay for the George V. Higgins uh, book novel, Kogan's Trade, and oh, yeah. uh, that is Killing Them Softly. Uh, and Brad Pitt plays Jackie Kogan, who is a. Um, not a really good guy. <laughs> well, I don't know if I should say he's not a good guy. He he his job is you know, not something that a good person would do, but he does it and he's workman like. He is a hitman. And um it stars Ray Liotta, Brad Pitt. Um the guy, uh what's his name? Is it Ben Mendelson is the one that I watched with in the um 
um, movie, the gambling movie, uh, Mississippi. What the fuck was that called? Not Mississippi Burn. So whatever the fuck it was called. Anyway, uh, he's very good. Everybody in it was good. Gandolfini was excellent in it. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, Sam Shepard has a small role in it. Was uh, that a revisit for you? Yes. Okay. Uh, and because we, for some reason, it came up on last week's show because I couldn't even remember. Yeah, I couldn't why, remember the name of it. Why were we bringing that up? Yeah. And you, you, you finally uh, re, uh, found the name in your brain, and and then I was like, fuck, I want to watch that again. It's a good movie. I've watched it several times. It's a, it's a good reboot. Yeah, I like it. Uh, watched. Did you see that last one that Gandolfini was in with Tom Hardy? Yes, uh, yes, yeah. that was very good. I like yeah. that one too. Um, I watched that was the one with uh, him and Nomi Rapace and yeah, the, with the, the, uh, dog the dog and, and all that. Yeah, that was good. Um, 1969's uh, Sidney Pollock directed and uh, written by William Eastlake, Castle Keep, uh, starring Lancaster. Lancaster, Patrick O'Neill, Peter Falk, Bruce Dern. Scott Wilson, whole bunch of people are in this. Um, when you, t- if anybody ever asks you what uh, surrealism <laughs> in film is like, uh, you might want to have them take a look at this one. Nice. This is one of those movies that, um, while I was, it's a World War II movie, but while I was watching it. <clears throat> Uh, I mean, several times. I mean, throughout the entire movie, I wondered if this was uh, possibly a um, uh, uh, like the TV show Lost, where right, several right, people right. speculated it was like Purgatory and or something like that. Uh, there's several different things you can run with as far as that goes. They said it was a a uh, pro-war, anti-war movie. Uh, so I don't know what that means, but <laughs> okay. um, it's different. Huh. And I, when you watch a lot of Lancaster's movies, after he um, once he gets once he beca- became famous and could pr- basically write his own ticket. Of course, in earlier in his career, you had like Crimson Pirate and and those kind of action movies or or westerns. Uh, swashbuckling and stuff like that, or even like the you know some of the prison movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. But once he got really popular and could write his own ticket, he did interesting shit. This is one of them. Uh, it's definitely worth a worth a look. It's fucking track guts. that one down. It's it's uh, has an odd feel about it. Where, where did you find that one on iTunes or? Um, yes, I got I rented that on iTunes. Cool. It's I've seen it before. It just is such a. You know, it, it really is one that that uh, would provoke a lot of conversation. I think. Right. Um, lots of weird shit in that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, now this one is similar. It sort of has a similar feel to it, and that's why I kind of put them together. I guess right. sort of like our movies this week have a similar, uh, not a similar feel, but a similar kind of a thing. Uh, this is uh, 1994's directed a uh, William Deere directed movie written by Dorothy Kingsley and George Wells um and it's Angels in the Outfield uh starring Tony Danza, Danny Glover, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt, 
Uh, Christopher Lloyd, Ben Johnson, Jesus Christ, Matthew McConaughey, Adrian Brody, uh, Stoney Jackson from fucking Streets of Fire. Uh, it's got a a a, a really uh, Tony Longo. <laughs> it's got a very uh, uh, big cast. It's um, kind of a, a um, it's not surreal. It's uh, a. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a it's a baseball movie with a twist. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I've watched this week. I watched some hockey. Finally got all the uh I think what they were doing when my when uh my cable was not functioning correctly, they were doing some kind of an upgrade or something like that. Um and I don't know if they had issues with it or whatever, but uh finally when I I rebooted my um, cable box and everything. It came up, and I had I'd never seen any of this stuff before. There were options that I had to go through and choose, and this and everything's working fine now. So I got to watch some uh, Flyers get beat on yeah. a several occasions. The Penguins fired their coach today, um, and I got to watch the Blue Jackets get beat also. All right, so I'm back in the saddle again. I uh, I only watched. I started one and didn't finish it. I only watched one movie this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I went to the theater and saw um, Spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um, Spotlight is, I don't, it's it's, it is a uh, based on actual facts, an actual story. Um, the Boston Globe in two thousand one uncovering a a child molestation cover up by the Catholic Archdiocese in in Boston. In Boston. Uh, isn't that a myth? Maybe, okay. but uh, but it's just kind of that the whole process of investigative journalism. It's got a really good cast. Uh, Ruffalo's doing his mushy <clears throat> mouth thing. Uh, Michael Keaton, Rachel McAdams, Leah Schreiber's in it. I and never. I kept seeing the trailer for that on TV, and until you just said that, I had no idea. So I think that maybe that means that the trailer wasn't very good because I didn't even know what it was about. Yeah, I remember I had seen the trailer um, in the theater a few times, and I had no idea. Like maybe I wasn't paying attention to it. Like I don't remember the trailer ever grabbing my attention for whatever yeah. reason. Um, but the movie's very good. It's, and I'll tell you the this. Uh, well, I've said before I'm kind of dumb with, especially when movies start to throw a lot of names and stuff. And this gets mm-hmm. close to that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's. I mean, if you pay attention, you know, it's it's definitely rewarding. The guy that directed it, Tom McCarthy, um, he, from what I have seen of his, now he did do an Adam Sandler movie last year that I didn't see, but the four movies of his that I have seen, he's four for four. Station Agent, mm-hmm. visit, The Visitor with um, uh, Richard Jenkins, um, hit Win Win. Uh, the wrestling movie with uh, Paul Giamatti. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I like yeah, that. One. And this one, I mean, this, this guy, like, he, he doesn't. I think he acts more than he directs. Well, definitely. Um, but the movies he's directed, I've def, I've definitely been a fan of. So, and this one's no different. It's just it can it can, it gets a little. Um, you got to pay attention to the names because they, they'll they'll throw the names out there because most of it is is the four people. One, two, three, 
four people that work in the spotlight features thing of the Boston Globe kind of mm. talking to each other and going to do interviews and stuff like that. And they say a lot of the names of the people they've already dealt with. Mm. So, Big Poppy. Yep, yep. Oh, he wasn't there yet, actually. No, no. What's his name? What, who's that one asshole pitcher that they when they win the World Series? Bloody sock. Oh, um, Kurt. Yeah, yeah, Schilling. Yeah, Kurt Schilling. Yeah. He wasn't I'm there sure yet he either. has something to do with that. <laughs> he wasn't there yet either. This piece of shit. Um, well, yeah, but and uh, no, I wouldn't accuse him of that though. No, he's just a dick and a con man. Um, that's only only movie I watched. I started, uh, and this that's when I started feeling like shit. I started uh, today, One Armed Swordsman, or the One Armed Sword Swordsman. Um, an old. Did we watch that? No, we we did One Armed Boxer, I think. But anyway, this it was like it's. It's it's a Jimmy Wang U, but it's late sixties. Mm. Um, it's good what I saw so far, but I was falling asleep because I started feeling like trash. So I'll have to finish that. And um, I did go back to Arrow this week. It's been a little while since I got caught up on Flash. This current season, there was a crossover last week with uh, with Arrow, and there's like all these characters that showed up from the Arrow show. And I'm like, oh shit! I didn't know, you know, so and so and so and so. I see, you know, I didn't know, so I had to go. I'm I'm trying to go back and get caught up on that now. But mm-hmm. it it I stopped because it was like that thing with shows when you realize there's like four seasons ahead of you, and it just yeah. feels like eh, Over, yeah 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 I get to it eventually. We were just talking about that at work the other day. Uh, one of well, my actual my boss or one of my supervisors. Um, I've been sharing like some. Uh, nurse Betty and mm-hmm. some stuff like that with her, the strain and um, and um, she wa- has watched Game of Thrones all the way through and I told her, I said, that's one of those ones that I would have to get it on DVD or whatever, the whole, whole like season at a time and watch it while I was a captive audience at work uh, or, you know because TV series are hard. I started watching Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. I started watching Gotham. I was watching uh, the that one show with Ed Byrne, the the cop show, uh, and I just fucking can't keep up with them. Yeah. I, I don't know what. I, there's other shit like when I'm at home watching hockey or you know doing something. Uh, if I'm sitting there and I have nothing to do but stare at a computer screen, I can put my earbuds in and I'll just, uh, and I'll marathon. But if I'm at home, I, I'd rather be doing something else. Yeah. And I think that I, I get that way too. So I started, I started it by, I would watch an episode at, uh, during my lunch break at work. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting that way with movies too. I mean, that's yeah. why, well, but then again, you know, like I said, I, I know I've been watching hockey. So that's one of the reasons I haven't been, uh, haven't been, um, watched as many movies at home. Because I was just thinking, like, I, okay, I watched like maybe three or four movies. Of the ones I watched, I didn't watch any of those. Well, except the ones that we reviewed, I watched those here just probably a couple hours ago. But I, I haven't been watching hardly any movies at home. I, I'm uh, I have a life. I kind of I don't have a life. I I kind of want to start Gotham. I've heard that's pretty good. Have you ever it's watched? Very good. Yeah, I, I've wanted to watch that. Does it? Do you know what channel that comes on? Is that a CW show also or? I'm not sure because I watch it on the in demand. I'm curious if it's gonna because I've seen it on Netflix. I'm curious if it crosses over with Flash and Arrow at all. It's Fox. See, I don't know who owns CW. They might not cross over because that would be kind of neat if they did. 
Um, although I think maybe the way the direction they've taken Arrow is it might be a little too Batman-y. Yeah. Um, well, bat. I mean, like get bat Gotham. Batman is still just a kid. So right, right. Yeah, and this one is um, this one Oliver Queen's like I guess I'm trying to think of how old he is. I guess he's his late twenties in the show because he the, the story is he's like you know. And and it follows. I've been doing a little reading of Green Arrow comics, and the story is kind of uh, they've they've rehashed it a few times through over for Green Arrow over the years. But at some point, he gets strand. He's a playboy, you know, gets drunk all the time. But mm-hmm. he gets stranded on this island in the middle of nowhere and has to fend for himself. And that's the storyline they're taking in this one too. Um, it toughens him up. Well, in this one. He, I'm not going to say who is there, but he actually gets trained by a couple people on this island in like the South China Sea or something. He's stranded there for mm-hmm. five years, and everybody assumes he's dead. Then he shows back up, and he's got all these fucked up scars on his body and stuff. And mm-hmm. but he doesn't tell anybody where he's been, and that's where and like there's the the whole driving thing of the first season. I can't believe the number of people that die <laughs> in that show that, huh. just in the first season. Like he's like, murdering like, uh, people every episode. Yeah. Jeez, but like, arrow like arrows right in the right in the neck and stuff and um but it's That's, I mean it's, it's could have show. like uh, uh something to do with one of these movies that we yeah yeah I don't know maybe not maybe maybe not maybe not I don't know um but yeah I mean it's a it's a it's a good show I'm, I'm gonna does I'm it go- make you want to go out and take archery classes no it doesn't uh, it, uh. they don't make it look very glamorous um and he, his trick arrows aren't aren't corny. Like he has some that like explode. They don't have um, a big boxing glove on the end. He of has them. the big box now. He uh, that would be funny though. Most of <laughs> them are just regular arrows. Um, then there's the ones that explode. There's uh, one of them. Oh, Michael Jai White was in an episode. Nice. And he I shot like him it. in the shoulder with one, and it had some kind of electrical pulse thing on it that knocked him out because he couldn't. Like Michael Jai White kept kicking his ass, and he had these big Wolverine claws, like some kind of knife he was holding that made him have big claws on his hand. Oh, well, that's one motherfucker I would not want to fight. Right. So he'll probably be probably be back because they didn't close everybody his else. Down. I would fight. Um, every, <laughs> every single person on Earth. <laughs> everybody but Michael Dwight White. He would be my nemesis. Um, but then, I'd be like, uh, "Don't fucking hit me! I'm, I tried to get you to be Luke Cage. <laughs> I like you, dude." But yeah, that's about it. And like, he started using one where he like shoots it and the rope flies out of the back and he zooms off like Spider Man, sort of. Yeah. But, other than that, it's pretty normal. So it's a, it's a neat show. I like it. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's the CW. It's low budget, but it's still it's still fun. Low budget's not good if it's done if it's done well. Yeah, I mean, it's it could fine. be the shittiest budget in the world if it fucking uh, is compelling. Yeah, but it's it's a, it's, a, it's a fun show. I'm, I mean, it's when I say fun, it's dark. It's I mean, it's he's he's it's it's a it's not a it's not a happy go lucky type show like i've said the flash is more of a upbeat upbeat show and it definitely is the case um this one definitely focuses on the uh the a seedier side of of vigilantism and heroism and stuff like that so but uh but yeah it's and I, like i said i started reading some green arrow some of the mike mike grell longbow hunters green arrow stuff from the late 80s so mm. it's good mm. stuff so you're in it i'm in it yeah. And that's, I mean, like I said, no movies this week, um, except for the, except for Spotlight and just watching, uh, watching shit. So anyway, so Spotlight's one you can wait for on rental then, right? 
No, I so mean you need to run out for. Maybe, maybe. I mean, if you if you like those type of, uh, I like those type of movies, but for like something that, that to, to uh, it might not need a big screen. I'll just say that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying because it was probably a lot of dialogue. Now, like Star Wars or Captain yeah. America: Civil War and that shit. Yeah, I think Spotlight would play just fine on your TV on VHS, even so. <laughs> My next, I, I well, I swear I'm serious. I don't know if I would. Uh, if I, when I go see, if I go see Star Wars, it'll be after it's died down. You yeah, know, when I I'm, I'm going to see what it looks like. I'm, uh, because I'm sure the theater beside work will be playing it a shitload. So like I was saying to you off, uh, before we started recording, um, I'll, I'll probably try to go on a morning cause they usually play movies at like 1030 in the morning there too. So mm-hmm. a lot of the times you can avoid crowds that way, but we'll see. I, I'm excited to see it. I've I've yet to watch a trailer, so mm. I made it a whole year without watching That's a Star good. Wars trailer. I mean, those last ones just were so fucking. Well, it's J.J. Abrams, not yeah. and and they went and they they did not take George Lucas's advice on the story. They they went yeah. they went independent of Lucas, so I have faith in it. Um, I like I can't think of anything J.J. Abrams has done that I disliked. Um, even the second Star Wars or Star Trek movie that people kind of shit on, I like that one too. So I can't imagine it being too bad. I like that stuff. I don't. I mean, you know, I'm, to each his own. I like the fucking uh, Wrath of Khan Part Two. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> All right. Uh, which movie do you want to do first today? I don't give a shit. <laughs> How about Savage Streets? We'll start with that. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break and we'll come back and talk about Linda Blair's boobies. We <laughs> You think that'll come up? Maybe. Possibly. We'll be right back. Ahoy, mateys. This is KAB, Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here, beaming a signal across the sea. I'll be here playing music all through the witching hour. I'm still waiting to hear from that weatherman. But in the meantime, stay here with me. Be sure to visit our sponsor, Paracinema Magazine. They're the source for all your genre movie needs. Check them out online at paracinema.net. Tell them Stevie sent you. Keep me turned on for a while, and I'll do my best to do the same for you. The smooth sound. Fabulous. 2 to see when the words actually start. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Savage Streets. Uh, what year? Oh, there's the music. Savage Streets, 1984. Zom, would you care to synopsize, sir? Hey, there's a picture of your two-disc special edition. Yeah. A teenage vigilante seeks revenge on a group of violent thugs who raped her handicapped sister and killed 
Best friend. Instead of a synopsis, that is like just a very brief pl- plot That's summary. The movie. <laughs> That's the whole movie. That's all right. Uh, I give it a six. Um, the um, so this is uh, this is uh, 1984. This is a Linda Blair joint. Okay, one second. Yes. Savage Streets Special Edition, new and used, twenty nine dollars and ninety seven cents. Oh, <laughs> might be worth it. We'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, this guy directed um, four total movies. Mm-hmm. High Rise. Never heard of it. Uh, I haven't either. Um, the Unseen. And, and his, so this guy's name is Danny Steinman. And he directed High Rise as Danny Stone. He directed The Unseen in 1980 as Peter Folig. And he directed this, and he directed Friday the 13th, A New Beginning, which I think was the fifth one, maybe? He wrote that one. He wrote it, too? Mm, he wrote Savage Streets. Screenplay, yeah. yeah. And High Rise and The Unseen. So I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious Who the fuck this it, guy is? <laughs> yeah, and it, this was over the course of about 12 years, and then he was done. He's probably so. Danny. It's probably actually Danny Trejo. And that's his. His. He's not even Hispanic. He's Jewish. He died in 2012 at the age of 70. Huh. Man. I wonder. Jesus. Oh, uh, High Rise was a porn. Well, there you go. It was. I wonder if it was a good one. Sylvia Bienenfeld was the and Bertha Boobs was in it. <laughs> Bertha Boobs. <laughs> so you're saying he grabbed Booby. She Bertha Bertha Boobs played a, a a character named Large Breasted Dancer and Judda David played lesbian speaking German. <laughs> okay. Orgy girl near Chaplin poster. There's some girl there's some uh, good character names in this one. Orgy girl with kneeling guy. With Michael Jai White. <laughs> awesome. Um, so Savage Street stars Linda Blair um, and a bunch of other people. Um, right. I thought a, it was about it, like an apartment building. That could be about some about something else. Yeah, I think it might be about something else. Yeah. Um, it. It's got Lin, Linnea Quigley in it, who was in a lot of horror movies. Um, mm. This is pre-boob job Linnea Quigley. Which one was she? The the deaf sister Heather. Yeah, that was definitely pre pre yeah. job. She yeah. like she had the chest of an eleven year old. Or yeah, she's, that's what I would imagine. Yeah. And then... <laughs> and no, no. I mean, not imagine. But I would think. <laughs> right, right. Whatever. I got you saying. Um, it has a little bit of John Vernon in it, which is always a good thing for me. Yeah. Oh, any movie's good with Vernon. Um, and then uh, some other people that are not very good. Because so... <laughs> uh, uh, spoiler alert. The acting of this movie is pretty fucking terrible throughout. <laughs> but it, it's it's terrible in a funny way. I posted a really good example of it, a little video on the on the group of um, Linda Blair yelling at this woman that looked like Sybil Danning, sort of. Yes, she did. And she said, she says, I wouldn't fuck so-and-so. What was that guy's name? Uh, Greg or something. Yeah. I wouldn't Jim. fuck Walter if he was the last dick on earth. And the response is, ah! <laughs> she runs yes. off. <laughs> That was like an odd uh, shriek. She was so terrible, but the movie in general—I mean, the, the 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 acting in general is pretty pretty awful. But the outfits to start are pretty amazing. So you got this—you're introduced to kind of two, I guess, gangs. There's a there's a, a gang of four guys, and they dress like greasers, but like punk greasers in a way. Like they all wear like leather vests, but 
and drive a like a classic Chevrolet, but then they they color their hair and like the main dude Jake wears a what is it about guys that are named Jake that just makes them assholes? Uh, wait, Fuck. what? Uh, Ugh. The Ugh, uh, that makes my blood boil. That name. He, he he has a he looks like he's about forty, and he might have been actually. Everybody yeah. in this movie uh, that looks like they're probably thirty at least. He failed a few grades. Yeah, I don't, well, I don't know stuff. if he was supposed to be in school though. I think he just hung around school a lot. Yeah, no, he wasn't in school. No, he was. He was a. Uh, he just. He he was a drug dealer. Yeah, and he liked, uh, and he wanted to. Um, uh, he he was he kept recruiting uh, Vinny or Vince, yeah. uh, this other guy who was in high school who also looked about forty. Yeah, um, and was a fucking total douche. He was terrible. Yeah. Um. So they have their gang, and and they're kind of assholes or whatever. Then you get introduced to, and I guess they're the satins. I don't know if they ever say that, but you see that on their satin jackets later. Their matching satin jackets yeah. later. Um. Nothing like a a tough uh, to inner city gang named the Satins that wear matching jackets, but um, that is headed headed by uh. Brenda, played by Linda Blair, and you have, oh shit, I don't remember the other girls' names, Maria, uh, Stella, you see her a little bit, um, played by a bunch of people I didn't recognize, and then you have Heather, who is Brenda's sister, played by Linnea Quigley, and she's deaf and very innocent, and um, she's kind of the, I don't know what the literary term would be, but she kind of sets, her, 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 her storyline sets the whole thing in motion. She's physically challenged, uh, because she is hearing impaired and mammary impaired. <laughs> Poor girl. Well, she wasn't for long. I think she was in what Return of the Return of the Living Dead was. Let's see, Living Dead. I gotta look her up. I gotta see what she looks like with the big. Return of the Living Dead was yeah, one year after this, and she had Renea big boobs in that Quigley. one. So anyway, um. I just totally t- butchered her uh, her name trying to type it. I typed Quirgly. Quirgly. Um, Quirgly. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're a little bit bigger. Yeah. So <laughs> the the outfits on the on on the women at least are very eighties and they're pretty amazing to start off with. Lots uh. of like off the shoulder uh, neon colored stuff. I especially appreciated Linda Blair's lack of a supportive undergarment. Tube top. Dig it. And nipples. Yes. Well, the nipples held held it up. There, there are. <laughs> maybe that was it. She yeah. had very pointy nipples that like stuck right into the fabric and mm-hmm. kept that thing from exploding. Unfortunately, uh, dig it. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> now you know. But, what, I mean, the way her body looks, you you know why the devil wanted to get into her ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, now Linda Blair is probably the youngest looking person in that, but she was kind of she was always one of these. Uh, she always had that. I guess it was her cheeks. They had like kind of a baby face, sort of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't match whenever it'd pan out, and you'd see her jugs or whatever. But, <laughs> uh, but they're like shopping on the street, and they're looking at the tackiest shit in the world. There's a store that has like a special on bear traps and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blue light special on bear traps. Yeah, weekend special on bear traps, and uh, it comes back. So keep that oh, in mind. Yeah. Um. Jesus. Bear traps. Where the fuck do you go to goddamn 
window shopping and they have bear traps. <laughs> bear traps fun. in the window. What kind of tra- what, yeah, and and they're and it's like they look like they're in a big city, like Los Angeles or something. Yeah, like and, why the fuck would you need a bear okay. trap in Los Angeles? And I could see some fucking uh, tea bagger assholes. There. Yeah, check that out. But it was like a bunch of girls. They're like, ooh. Uh, yeah, it was tra- like crossbows and bear traps in the window of this store. I guess it's a, um, I feel like they went back there like you saw it. It might have been like an army surplus store or something. Yeah. Although I don't know why an army surplus store would have bear traps either. But. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have bear traps? Where does anybody buy a bear trap? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Where I guess. the fuck were there bears around there? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Fargo, the guy that played Fargo was kind of a bear, he seemed, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he said that later on. He said something about being a bear later on. I was like, I wonder if he has any idea what he's saying. Was bear a term at that point? Um, Probably, but w- not in, like, <laughs> circles that we would, you know. Right, right, right. Um, ground. So the uh, the guys are doing, the, you know, they're driving by the girl, the satins, and and um, Jesus, <laughs> go grease sliding. <laughs> this is like grease, except uh, except really crude and 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 sleazy. Yeah, with a lot more violence and rape and and stuff. nudity and blood. It's and, like if uh, fucking Danny Zuko. Uh, raped Sandy when <laughs> I mean, Kaneki gave her the double penetration. Uh, you're the one that I want. And um, while they're doing it, they're going grease lightning, go grease lightning. <laughs> while like the mascara is running down her face from the tears. <laughs> you are supreme. The chicks are cream. But grease lightning. <laughs> uh, we need to see this. We need this version to be out. This is yeah. that's grease three. Um, <laughs> the uh <laughs> savage grease so the girl the 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 guys are kind of i don't know if the guys have a name of a cool gang name um they don't have they, they only match in the fact that they wear black leather <laughs> what what's the name of your gang the rapists yeah well they're, they're the they're the bears they like to kiss each other and talk about like getting in the shower and stuff it seems so not that there's anything wrong with that not that there's anything wrong with that it's a bond um, thing it's a male bonding thing so uh, uh, Brenda tells him to fuck off by saying she'd rather what swim in a pool of vomit or something, and yeah. that kind of starts it. And they would rather with- suck Rick James' cock. <laughs> yeah, because so- I think about this time she was actually like, I don't know if they were dating per se. What a weird combination that they is. They were just snorting a lot of cocaine and fucking. Yeah, and I'd say you probably to star in this kind of movie, you'd have to be uh, needing some coke of some sort. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know where your career is going exactly. If you think this is a good idea to read this, I'm like, oh, okay, I can do that. God damn! In retrospect, it is. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's rewarding to a certain audience. Um, I can't imagine any like think about like uh, fucking um, oh. Jennifer Gardner reading this script and say, yes, that's yeah. the movie for me. Um, I would watch that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, well, I would too. Um, David Hasselhoff is a teenager. <laughs> he looked, David Hasselhoff now looks about the same age as Jake in this movie. Yeah. As What is this guy's name? Jake? He so, reminds me of Sal, Sal Bandy or something. Sal, Sal Landy. Sal Bando. Was Robert Dreyer was this guy's name. Oh, Robert Dreyer's. Okay, I was talking about... Uh, I thought Jake. Jake was the was the head guy, that with the with the razor blade earring. 
Well, then why do they have him listed as Fargo? Because fucking Sal Landy is the guy. Fargo was the guy, was the, he never wore a shirt. He only wore a vest. He was the one that always drove. He was ripped. Yeah, but look at the picture. Sal Landy is the fucking leader of the gang. And they have him oh. as Fargo. That's weird. And Jake. That must be, a, that must be. That's him. Sal Landy is, is the main bad guy. The greasy Asshole. Yeah, his name was uh, Jake. Was the name of the, was the main guy, but he reminds me of somebody else. Yeah, I don't know who. It, it's sort of like uh, who? What was his name? Uh, that was in uh, Forty Eight Hours, uh, with Nick Nolte and uh, the played Gans, and he was also in. We reviewed the one movie he starred in, and I didn't like it. High something, Forty Eight Hours. Let's see. Well, wow, shit. God Remar? damn it. Yeah, Remar. Sort of, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I, I just no, there's, I, there's somebody else. I know. I, 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 I was like. thinking that too. That's why I looked up this guy's name while I was watching it because he looked so familiar. And he must be another B movie guy that we're thinking of. But um, well, goddamn! Now that he's older, I see a picture of him, and he kind of looks like the guy that played Dread. <laughs> oh, uh, what's that guy's name? Yeah, Remar. <laughs> Remar, sure. Um. <laughs> so the we show we they show uh Jake and his gang doing their shitty stuff and they're trying to shake a guy down for money and you might see the worst acting of the entire movie when that guy his girlfriend gets her top ripped off and she stands there like like she forgot that the director said action. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, oh, she was really bad. Giant fucking big movie. fake Rock hard boobs. Yeah, rock um, hard. The then you get the girls doing their like their crude stuff. Uh, I think uh, Brenda is buying Playgirl for her mom. Gotta love that relationship. <laughs> and uh, what's probably it? the one with uh, fucking like Burt Reynolds in it or something. <laughs> I was trying to see who was on the cover. I couldn't tell. Um, but the Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah, in 1984 when he still had the baby fat, fat face. Yeah. Um, well, you had the girl that anything over 10 inches is a waste, I always say. And would you look at the schlong on him? There, there you go, the word schlong. You know, when she said anything over 10, uh, that, uh, I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> is your vagina like a fucking mine shaft? Anything <laughs> over 10 inches is a waste. Uh, she's going to be d- disappointed in life. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. So the girls decide to go for a joyride, and um, it, it, I mean, I, I guess in the grand scheme of this movie, their rivalry starts off fairly innocently because <laughs> it's like the guys catcalling them. They go for a joyride with the, in the guy's car and dump a bunch of trash in it, yeah. and which of course always leads to rape and murder in real life. So I, I, why wouldn't it here? Um, and uh, you got you got uh, Vinny. Um, his gang is coming in to come into school with him, and that's where you get introduced to John Vernon, who is he only has like six lines in the whole movie, and they're all pretty great. <laughs> I love when he tells the dude to go fuck an iceberg. I have no idea what that means. They they weren't impressed by him. No, he wasn't. He's like, "What are you, the principal or something?" <laughs> yes, yes fact, I, I am. am the principal. Why don't you go and, fuck and- an iceberg? Fucking Linda Blair, man. She gave him she gave him fucking attitude. 
What did he say? Something like, you're a nasty little bitch, aren't you? I like that. <laughs> yeah. She was a nasty little bitch. Um, How old was she, I wonder? when she? Okay, this was 84? Linda Blair was mid-20s. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she like she might she was one of the she had to be one of the youngest people in this movie besides well Linnea Quigley let's see she looked very young she's fucking like six years old oh my it? god she was born in fifty eight oh, okay she was yeah, yeah she Linda was Blair was fifty nine she was been she was she was older than Linda Blair she looked younger hmm. um, she did I mean, well I mean Jesus Christ like I said she built like a fucking twelve year old yeah um, God I, I just. I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I this to sound bad in any way, but the like deaf sister kind of a thing. I mean, just because you're deaf doesn't mean you're you have to be a fucking. I don't know. She was so the like, they, super innocent. Like, you think, yeah. If she was gonna hang out with the satins, she should, probably should have been a little tougher. But uh, I guess they wanted to. Uh, uh, feed into the whole thing because like the the story Linda that gets Blair it started is, her sister. is the yeah the gang finding her and uh, Linda Blair's unable to protect her from what ultimately happens to her which is a pretty gross scene that um, was really gross yeah there's a couple like the other movie had a scene like right right near the beginning of the other ones we'll talk about I was like ew like I just felt like dirty yeah yeah ugh. and um I mean that one had a couple but this the the while this is going on, like the gang fucks with uh, with Heather, the deaf sister. You get these brutal cheerleaders. I mean, they are the worst. They stink on ice. They're really terrible. <laughs> and but the shower scene is so gratuitous. It's amazing. Oh I thought it was Lynn when they did the the one where they panned from like the floor up. Yeah. And I saw this big job. I thought I thought it was Linda Blair and I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, there's 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 women just ru- like cleaning their tits for for thirty yep. seconds at a time who have nothing Lush to do otherwise in the movie. Yeah, well, they're taking um, well, yeah, the authenticity, like uh, realism. And there's a really terrible uh shower room uh fight. Uh, where uh, Linda Blair kept saying, like, come on, come on, and then just, like, run away around the little shower heads. <laughs> and she would just stop and say, come on. And what was up with the two naked chicks, like, fighting off in the corner at the same time? Like, nobody else was fighting except for Blair and this and Sybil Danning's younger sister. But there was these two random naked chicks just fighting up <laughs> beside the wall, too, for some they reason. They just wanted to... You know. <laughs> they were Hellcats. So... With the with the gang, there were some weird things I've noticed with them. You know, I mentioned the I mentioned Fargo's like calling himself a bear. Uh, they like kiss each other on the mouth a few times. Um, well, that was during the rape because they said he wanted somebody else to go, and then he was like, "It's my turn." And then the the main guy, you know, took charge and said, "No, it's uh, the little doofus's turn." Yeah, it's Red's turn. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's Fargo's turn. Oh, it's Red's turn. And they like kiss each other and laugh. And and when Vince was when Vince was like up first, Jake like like takes his pants off for him. It's like yeah. oh, okay. You're gonna do this. You're gonna fuck it. I'm glad I never ran ran around with like a gang of, of guys that would like force me to 
commit uh, felonies. <laughs> You're going to fucking do this. Get down there and rape that I bitch. wonder if in the uncut version, uh, Jake also fluffs uh, Vince. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'd hate to see the uncut fucking version. <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I, I seem to... Linda Blair did not show anything in this, did she? No, there's the bathtub scene. Oh, that's right. She did. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. You're right. I, I, I forgot about that. The bathtub this- scene, which... It I, I when I saw this the first time, um, so you see Linda Blair, she's smoking and the soaking in a, a a non-sudsy bath, so you could see. Well, she just she just didn't she just find out that she just found it? out kind of what happened with Heather. So okay, and, and so then she just decides to go home and take a hot bath. She goes uh, yeah to relax with her hot she, tits before she goes out yeah, and so somehow. A scene with Linda Blair in a in a bath with her tits floating on top of the water is outdone a few seconds later with no nudity as she zips up this black leather thing with her tits smushed together. Yeah, underneath. yeah. I was like, wow, that there there you go. That's how you that's how you one up it. Now um, I know you know with like sex exploitation, you know you're you're going for for uh, you know <clears throat> titillating things, and it's the same sort of thing for me with. Um, with uh, superhero movies, this the superheroine. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you're going out to say exact revenge or to fight a super villain or something like that, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me. Now, I have never worn these kind of shoes, uh, but I would wear <laughs> something that was kind of flat and athletic that had some grip, yeah. and not a pair of shoes that had like a you know four to six inch heel. Yeah. I would think that would impede you. There was a scene, uh, I thought about that exact same thing in an episode of Arrow I watched this week, where uh, Oliver is, he has this woman with him who is dressed in a, in a she's, not a she's not a superhero, but she was part of the plan, and they're having to um, climb in an empty elevator shaft. And she's fu- got fucking like heel, big heels on her shoes. Yeah. I'm I mean, like, they look sexy, but Jesus Christ! Well, and but that was the thing. She wasn't in a sexy. She was in a. Uh, she was a, supposed to be a food delivery person. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, why is she wearing yeah. sneakers? <laughs> Maybe she needed to be as tall as him. I don't know. It was weird. I don't know. Um. Anyway, the the well, that, that was one problem. You know, with the between the 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 Linnea Quigley getting obliterated. Ugh. And they took like a sharpie and like yeah drew on her tits and stuff and stuff. The, but between that and um, Linda Blair finding out what happened, the movie really like takes too long to like do its thing. Yeah, because Linda Blair, she did. I mean, it would have been faster, but that was like she didn't have any idea who did it. Nobody right. had any idea who did it, even right. though they just stole these guys' car and who are drug dealers and fucking totally trashed it. And the guys have been like kind of after them. They couldn't figure out that you know, yeah, your da- your your daughter, your sister just got attacked and raped. But I wonder who did it. I don't know. Yeah, there's, it's a, awesome. there's a club scene that just takes way too long. That didn't look like a very nice club. The MX. Like, yeah, they always eat me at the MX chairs. club. And the bassist, if you notice, was holding his guitar completely upside down. It wasn't even like the cool like Jimi Hendrix string your right handed guitar left handed yeah. like it was like the 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 fat strings were on the bottom and everything and he was definitely not playing to the music. And I love the like where the, okay they they 
and so they don't have to pay for royalties or whatever. They'll just have some generic song and it, or, or band playing some generic song. And it's like no music that anybody would ever go. <laughs> listen to. Oh my God. One part that really made me laugh is when all the kids are fucking up in the class, like in the anatomy class. And <laughs> when they first walked in and the black girl was up on the desk. <laughs> her dancing. And the, there was like this like dude with this like really dirt lip mustache dancing with her with his pants oh hiked God. up. And I loved it those two of them so dancing. Much of high school. <laughs> they were dancing to the worst music, but man, their <laughs> dancing looks so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and he came in because the, 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 it was like a wimpy teacher, and he came in and it was like everybody sit down. They just looked at him and just kept dancing. <laughs> man, that music freaking just make you get down. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. That one made me laugh out loud. <laughs> I, mean, oh. I laughed at that one too. Um, the the a good sign of a low budget movie is a uh, a blatant murder happening on a public street in broad daylight, and cars are just like rolling by, not even stopping. Or yeah, did you <laughs> stop? I don't know. Well, you yeah, know, maybe not. Boy, and, that was um, awful too. What jerks, man. Yeah, yeah, and um, I don't know. It's the the it did it did like the um. Uh, what's his name? Um, oh, uh, Taxol Butch Reed, the Gorilla Press Slam, <laughs> or the Road Warriors. You know where they would just yeah. lift him. You know, ugh. The um, not, you know, and the, you know what's bad about that is I'm surprised. Well, I don't know if I. I mean, I'm sur- <sighs> This is weird. This is going to come out weird. Okay. Okay. It won't be the first time on this. They show. chased her down. Yeah. And they did what they did. Yes. I'm surprised they didn't rape her. You know, like be like they caught her. It's like you know, because they were rapists. Well, maybe they were. Maybe they have their they have their limits when it is broad daylight. Well, they probably didn't. I wonder how that would make you feel. Like that. Like would you feel like you weren't as hot? Oh, I I would feel like throw me off here and kill me. Uh, I would rather have you kill me than fucking have you. The one dude. The one dude in the gang. He reminded me of uh, remember Bill and Ted's Big Adventure. Yeah, the blonde-haired dude. It was Keanu Reeves and the other dude. He kind of reminded me of him, except he was bigger. He wasn't like a little weasel. Well, he was, but it, when he was like kissing the deaf girl, mm-hmm. and and the thing, another thing about her sister, the one that was deaf, that was like you know the pure innocence. You right, know, right. she's just like dancing like a ballerina in the fucking gym by herself <laughs> and all this shit. Um, they almost now I don't know maybe it's just me that I got this they almost made her like she was retarded yeah well they said that a couple times too like she was kind of not I, I don't know and that made it even worse it was like ugh yeah. and then somebody said something about like she couldn't even scream Ew. you know ugh fuck a duck gross um, but if this movie so this movie is trying to do like a uh, uh, I guess a sle- even sleazier Death Wish thing. God damn! I don't know how, how it could get any sleazier. This it, is it, like one of the sleaziest motherfucking movies I've ever seen. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know that it could, but, but the 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 problem with it is that in the Death Wish movies, he starts doing his thing a lot sooner. So if I think, yeah. if, if they tried to rip off Death Wish a little better, and Linda Blair just as soon as her sister gets fucked with, just goes off the <laughs> off the hook and just starts yeah, fucking like, with every guy she, she can find. Would, Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Like if she became like a vigilante, yeah. and 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 she was like just killing like 
every guy that was an asshole, just even that weren't that didn't even do any, you know, didn't weren't wasn't involved in the in the thing. That would have been better. Um, you do get some crossbow action in this movie. I did mention the crossbows. Um, don't you think that uh, okay they go to the warehouse hangout and she's there and she's there was only two of them there was the guy that looked <laughs> the like fabric the fabric labyrinth was so dumb <laughs> yeah and she she's like um hey boys uh why don't you come and get me huh well she has this big quill quiver <laughs> on, her, fucking, on her thigh yeah on her thigh now what wouldn't you think that they would kind of be like hmm, i wonder why she got all those arrows yeah, why am i gonna go in there when it, like <laughs> if she wants it she's gonna come out here right yeah yeah so they were the two sharpest tacks in the bulb <laughs> drawer yeah i mean and, and tacks this this is this is one of these movies that like know your audience before you show this one off this is this is not one that you're just going to throw out saying, "Hey, I like crappy movies. You should watch this." Like, really know who you're going to show this to because this is, I mean, like the language and the nudity and the, it's a mean movie. It is fucking mean <laughs> in what, a good way. What do you have to add to it? Oh, it's fucking great. I love it. <laughs> This is what we've had. We've had two home runs in, a, in two in two fucking several weeks with class. To, or well, I was gonna say class to trash, but that's something else. Um, there is no class in this movie. No, it's fucking trash, and it's trash. Well done. <laughs> I I I, uh, I fucking uh, applaud. Uh, what's his name? The porn guy, Danny Steinman. <laughs> right. May he rest in peace for bringing this gem. I seriously have thought about buying this. And giving it to some people for Christmas. <laughs> I'm serious. It's that entertaining. It's it's that. Oh, it's so fucking sleazy. It is so sleazy and so fucking gross that. And, and then the uh, the bad guys. You know how we always said like uh, how movies portray uh, punks. You know, like uh, in, in, you know they always they're always have, assholes. Yeah, and they're always assholes. It's sort of like kind of how these guys are. Um, Ugh. I, you almost wish Paul Kersey would have showed up and fucking uh, you know, <laughs> while they're raping the, the deaf girl, like grab them by the hair and pull their head back with a gun to their temple. That'd yeah. have been awesome. Yeah. And fucking uh, uh, Charles Bronson, you know, he'd be like fucking naked. He'd rape them <laughs> as revenge to show them. That would be fucking, you know, and he had like, you know how cut up Charles Bronson was? And he'd, his ass he'd, cheeks he'd, he'd take the Sharpie and draw mustache, little catfish mustaches on all their faces. <laughs> And and then knock their teeth out with a piece of pipe and make them give them head. Yeah. Yeah. Show Bloody this, head. Dig it. Show fucking cooks. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. I like this movie. It was very, very good. I've never seen it. I oh, nice. I don't think I've heard of it. And have you, had you seen it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is so good. <laughs> you know, and right off the bat, uh, when they were walking down the street, uh, you know, Linda Blair's tits yeah. were just fucking on full display. It was just awesome. Uh, the gratuitous nudity in the shower was fucking just unbelievable. Uh, I, I don't know. The only thing that could have been better, like, if somebody would have been, like, fucking bent over, like, washing their ass. <laughs> Again, something. uncut. Ver- maybe the uncut version's out <laughs> yeah. there somewhere. There, there's there's hardly any way that, that this could could fucking get any sleazier and that's why it's so good yeah 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 anything else <laughs> made me laugh still making me laugh nice um i mean i i i agree this is a for an exploitation movie this is pretty great um if if 
if anything I would change is just the the pacing of it the because yeah. it starts off strong and then it kind of meanders and then finishes strong uh for that I'll give it a 7.5 oh my god I'd give this like a ooh, mm, 8.75 <laughs> nice I, th- I thought about giving it a 10 <laughs> <laughs> then you talked me out of it when you were talking about that kind of middle part where she's doesn't know what's going on. And, yeah. yeah, I just thought so about that, the anatomy class dancing again. I'm so good. <laughs> to give it a nine would be like an abomination. <laughs> so I have to drop it down a little bit. Of that. Uh, it was awesome. fucking good. I'm serious. Thirty bucks. I stole my. And you know what? Okay, the Savage Street Special Edition is twenty nine ninety seven, both mm-hmm. used and new. Just Savage Streets. Just okay. Well, this says two disc remastered edition See, it's is it on blu-ray seven it is on blu-ray well they have two different ones code is it red, bl- code red put out a blu-ray of it okay maybe the one's a blu-ray because the one's 39.97 and there's 10 of them and the other one's 29.97 and they have different different box art savage streets Linda blair they raped her sister killed her best friend now she must seek revenge. I wonder what she looks like now. Yeah, the well, no, Blu-ray fault. No, I don't. That's not Blu-ray. I, I think, think she had some work done. Hmm. Linda Blair did. She got like the too thin face. I think yeah, she got rid of her there. cheeks. She uh, had a 2014 Comic Con on Wikipedia. Savage Streets Blu-ray. Maybe some like boutique shop sells it or something. Hmm. Amazon. Mondo Digital. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, just a review. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, good movie. I don't think you need to have it on Blu-ray. I don't know how much that would add. You might be able to see like a, uh, some of the, you know. Yeah, don't don't show this one to the date. Not a good idea. But if you did and she liked it, marry her. Yes. Go go out immediately when it's over. Go to uh, go to Walmart. Buy a cubic zirconia and put it on that finger. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's take a break and we'll come back and talk about one I had never heard of, Buster and Billy. We'll be right back. Hey, this is the ghost of the King of Comics, Jack Kirby. When I'm not haunting Stan Lee... I'm listening to my favorite comic book podcast, Double Page Spread. Each week, Wendy Freeman talks to creators like Cullen Bunn, Mark Wade, Evan Dorkin, and more. She is one cool dame who knows a lot about comics. So when I'm at my drawn board in heaven cranking out fourth world pages, I'm listening to Double Page Spread. Available on iTunes, Libsyn, and the Stitcher Network. He
righty. Buster and Billy. Um, this is from 1974. Um, and as I said, I had not seen this before. Um, <clears throat> synopsis. I just, I just pounded some orange juice. It's going to help. I got pulp, pulp stuck in my mustache. Ew. It's gross. Um, a lonely, uh, <coughs> sorry, a lonely and isolated young woman finds some comfort and acceptance through her sexual encounters. But when Billy Joe meets Buster, she finally finds a true connection. Sadly, there is a price to pay. <sighs> so this is directed by a couple people. Oh, we'll just say Daniel Petrie. I don't recognize his name. Starring Jan Michael Vincent, making his triumphant return to the show. <laughs> Joan Goodfellow. Clifton James. He was in it? Where was he? Hmm. Clifton James played Jake. Another Jake. I bet he was an asshole. Um, you got Robert England, Freddy Krueger himself, looking like he's 12. He was, God, he was in his mid-20s in this movie. Um, yeah, and some other people I didn't recognize. So, Zom, this was your pick. What did you think of this movie? Okay. This is one of those 1970s movies. Uh, they had a uh, kind of a an appeal, uh, the rural, uh, I don't know what you would call it. The drive-in fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw this on TV when I was like a, a kid, and um, you know, because I always liked Jan Michael Vincent. He was like one of my favorites when I was a, a wee sprig, and um, so I thought, you know, check this. Out. And I think I watched it. I'm pretty sure it was like one of those Sunday night movies on uh, ABC or something like that. And I watched it with my mom and dad, um, and it made an impression on me. It, it it still does. It's still one of these ones that. Uh, it it takes you through a whole, you know, uh, uh, many different uh, feelings. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like J. Michael Vincent's character. He, from what I understood, watching, I didn't realize this until I watched it, or maybe I forgot, but uh, watched it today, was that he was kind of like the older kid that he had failed school twice. So say they're in their senior year, he's like 20 years old, but because he works or he lives with his, his dad and his mom and his dad had um, had an accident and broke his back. So he, they had a farm and he had to work on the farm. So he got held back. So it kind of makes sense that Buster, uh, who's J. Michael Vincent, uh, why, you know, the other kids kind of look up to him. He's, of course, since you're a little bit older, you're more mature. You've seen more things. You're probably going to be bigger and tougher, you know, than the other guys are. And so he, there's, there's parts of this movie that just, I always remember, um, that are funny, yeah. uh, and, and where he's kind of, uh, like fucking with this, uh, school bus driver every day. Uh, he has this really cool old pickup truck, and uh, the the movie takes place in the in the fifties. And um, every day when and it, like I said, it's a rural movie, so that their school was out in the in the country, and everything's like dirt roads. And and so um, when the school bus is going to school, coming to school, um, he comes flying by in his pickup truck, 
passes the school bus and then gets in front of it and just kicks up all this dust so the school bus driver can't see right. and then the school bus driver just gets pissed like every day it happens he just gets more and more mad that's kind of funny um then there's a scene where um um they're playing softball and it, it really for me and you know maybe you know things are different where it, it did there was a lot of it because like where i grew up and stuff in you know, West Virginia. Um, there's a lot of it that still reminded me of high school. Uh, Dazed and Confused also does too. But yeah. this, there's there's certain things I think that never change. You know, where you have like kind of the nerdy kid or the the and like Buster. It's not just that he's like a tough guy. He is kind of a tough guy, but they don't play that up as much as he just has charisma. And uh, like the other guys like to follow him. He's he's like the kind of like the the top dog of the school, but not an asshole. He's um, because I think it's maybe because he's older or something. He like Robert Englund's character is his best friend, but he's like a real uh, kind of weirdo, kind of a nerdy kid. And Buster kind of takes up for him. He's he's his best friend. He if somebody else talks shit on him, he he kind of takes he takes up for him. And there's a one good scene where um, he encourages Whitey, who's Robert Englund, and 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 uh, J. Michael Vincent and Robert Englund were like really good friends in real life too. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I I this I saw a documentary about about them, and they you know started out sort of about the same time in movies and and uh, became friends, but. Um, he all the guys are hanging out in the in the school bathroom smoking a cigarette or whatever and whitey they, they're talking about girls like all dudes do you know uh, or, zach zach was saying on the group and i just looked it up uh, that this was uh this was robert england's first movie ever yeah i think i'm pretty sure it is and mm. uh Whitey says something about, you know, liking this girl and Buster's like, yeah, well, you know, you got to ask her out. You know, he encourages him to ask her out. And then the girl, of course, is a shit because uh, from what I get, Whitey, that, well, I mean, his nickname's Whitey and the one and the girl says something about him being the, like, the creepy albino. Then later on in the movie, he asks Buster, he goes, what do you think about my hair? Uh, this color. So I think he actually was like, uh, or very, dyed his hair black. He dyed his hair black, and it kind of makes him look weird because his eyebrows are like like blonde, so he doesn't look like he has <laughs> eyebrows. But it, it, but he said something about dyeing his hair, so I think maybe he did that to fit in. And it, but he still kind of it looks like Johnny Winter or Edgar Winter or something like that. So, uh, but then when the girl kind of she she just kind of smiled at Whitey, and then Whitey's like, you know, I think she likes me. I'm going to ask her out. And Buster's like, yeah, ask her out, you know. Well, then the girl kind of acts like a shit to him, and then she tells uh, uh, Buster and his girlfriend, who is Pamela Sue Martin that played Nancy Drew on uh, uh, TV, and then w- she she went into this uh, where a lot of actresses that are child actresses want to show mm-hmm. that, like uh, Alyssa Milano or something, they want to show that they're not a kid anymore, so they right. either do a movie where they do nudity or they do like Playboy and Pamela Sue Martin did Playboy because she was known as the good girl, the the, the kid detective, Nancy Drew. Um, but Buster goes – it was kind of a touching thing and showed kind of how Buster was because he went to Whitey after the girl had said, you know, that little creep, I'd never go out with him. I told him to fuck off or whatever. And 
Buster gets with Whitey and he can tell he's down, but he doesn't tell him he knows anything. He goes, I lied to you. I, 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 uh, I told you, I thought that girl was cute. She's not cute. She's, she's ugly. She's, you know, whatever to make Whitey feel bad. She looks like a hoot owl. Yeah. Hoot, hoot. What, did he, what did he, what did he say to her? That was so, it was so mean. Hoot owl. But, um, he, oh, he said, Oh, when's the last time you won a beauty contest? You hoot owl looking bitch. <laughs> Without looking pissed, and then start going, who, who? Oh um, God! So then Buster and Pamela Sue Martin's character are, uh, um, are um, boyfriend girlfriend. They're kind of the 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 probably be like the prom queen or something like that. And the I don't know if he'd be the prom king because, like I said, he failed a couple times. But he is really popular with, with not probably not with the teachers, and because he's kind of a. A, um, yeah, you never actually see them in class, do you? Yeah. Uh, but, you don't get to see them dancing in class when the anatomy teacher walks in. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> fucking funny. Um, but Having then a hoedown. Uh, it, it also shows um, kind of how naive people were in some ways back then because like the, the, the one mother, they, there's a place called uh, Black Creek. And there's a legend, you know, about you, you always heard the thing about uh, the the couple at uh, Lover's Lane. And then they heard on the radio that there was a, a, a killer out there that had nothing but a hook for a hand and he would kill these right, people. Right. And then when you drive away, they're like, oh, you know, huh, I thought I heard something. And when the guy gets out to let the girl out, there's a bloody hook hanging from because – the hook was in the car door, and they pulled away just in time, ripped the guy's arm or hand off or whatever. Um, so <laughs> the mother actually, um, uh, Margie, Pamela Sue Martin's character's mother, actually says, you know, don't go out there to that Black Creek. I heard there was a killer out there, you know, with like a hook for hand or some shit. And Buster's <laughs> kind of like, I don't know. I think that's kind of just, you know, a story. But um, if they, there's a certain – it's almost like a childlike thing. Uh, I remember growing up uh, where you thought everybody's parents, you know, they're in love, they're, they're parents. I mean, you'd never think about anything like going on as far as like uh, when you get older, you find out that the preacher was fucking half the women in the church and so-and-so's uh, mom was fucking the chief of police or, uh, you know, and all these people are doing all this. Right, and that. Right. You're very naive. And it's sort of the way this movie, on the on the surface, that's the way things are. They all go to church. Uh, Pamela Sue Martin's whole, you know, she knows that, you know, uh, she, you know, her and Buster are going to get married, and so she's holding out for their wedding night. And of course, they go park, and he wants to get some head, and or wants to. Oh fun- man, that that was a that was a funny scene when he's trying to convince her, <laughs> and the, her her reaction. <laughs> it's so good because he he's like, what does he say? Oh yeah, he because he said I read in Reader's Digest that uh, some doctor was saying that you, that a guy will get kidney trouble if if he doesn't reach climax every time he gets excited. And instead of doing what he planned, where she's like, oh okay, well let's fuck, she's like, well maybe we should just stop doing anything altogether. And he's like, well, uh, well you can't re- you can't believe everything you read. <laughs> And then I forgot about this part. I think that she she must have been jacking him off because he said something about it's still kind of sore. I think I th- he meant I think he meant because he had blue balls. Okay, maybe that's what it was. I, I'm still. 
He said, I'm still sore from last week. Just let me put it in. And, and yeah. I think he had blue balls or something. It, but my, my first reaction to that was today when I was watching it was uh, the, the scene in uh, Animal House where the, the two, uh, you know, the, the two pretty uh, people, the, the jock that's got the blonde hair and the, and the homecoming queen girl. And they're sitting there at the and she's got her head on his shoulder and he's just sitting there smiling and smiling. And they're talking about getting married and everything. And then she goes, you know, if you're not even going to try it, she fucking takes her. She holds her hand up, takes his rubber glove off. She was jacking him off and he couldn't get hard. <laughs> but I thought maybe that all she did was like, like a, maybe they dry humped or something like that. And his dick was sore. Right. No, I, I think he meant blue balls. So anyway, that was pretty funny. Now, Buster has like this group of friends, you know, the younger guys that kind of follow him around and they're a bunch, they're kind of shitheads, you know, they're just typical douchebag guys in high school. And, um, but their big thing is they're, they, they, uh, they all get fucking I horny. I thought form more of a rivalry with that one guy. So the guy that like beats him at pool, I thought there would be more of a rivalry there. Yeah, but, they but didn't I really think follow I, up I on think that too much. because Buster is like an older guy, um, he tries to put some of those guys in their place. They'll start talking shit and everything, and he's like, you know, right. oh, what the fuck do you know? Or like even the pool thing, he's like, hey, you loudmouth son of a bitch. Which I thought that was funny, but it showed Buster's charisma because he he steps up and he's like, I'll. Oh, Twenty three, you know, twenty three dollars. I'll bet you pool game or whatever. And then they show him Buster counting out the money because you know you think <laughs> he's going to be the shit, but he he loses. But he's cool because what he does is he he fucking uh, buys everybody, all the guys in the place, a fucking uh, like a bottle of pop or something or beer. And oh, yeah. um, and it was kind of neat that they they had like a general store with a pool table and they'd all just go and hang out there. Um, the, um, isn't that, that's who, uh, what's his name was? He was, wasn't he the, oh, uh, that's Jake, that was Jake. They called it Jake's. Yeah. Clifton James was the, the, uh, the owner of the store and he was the guy from the, uh, James Bond movie that the cop that was like, Hey, Jimmy, with a big chow of tobacco in his, uh, <laughs> face, <laughs> but they, the, the, the guys, there's a girl that um, they call her Black Creek Billy, and you know they always sit down. Black Creek to, Billy. Don't go out to Black Creek. Well, it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere, out in the sticks, and um, they go out there because they there's this girl out there, and they know that they can get laid. And again, in this, they're going to go get some poontang. Poontang, but again in this movie. It's not as bad uh, with uh, as as like the the uh, the uh, deaf sister or the hearing impaired sister in the oh, other. But it's so like the intro of Billy just was. It made me feel so gross. Like what is going on in her life? I thought almost that, like, like she was mentally challenged. But I think what it is is she she lives out there with her parents. Her her dad's. They're both fucking uh just real at least alcoholic if not drug addicts or something alcoholic probably and you know jesus christ how they might have been like fucking related or something you know uh the mom acted yeah. like maybe there was something 
either and buster even says something about that you know uh i can't remember who it was if it was his parents or something said something about her and he said you know here's you know she, this poor girl she's living out there with with uh, nothing but her, her crazy mother and um the mother just comes to the door and she's like you know he goes uh is billy here and she's like Oh, you must be here for Billy. Billy, somebody's here for you. And she just walks away, you know. So it's it's like there's something wrong there. And who knows what this girl has went through growing up. So it's it really does make you feel like shit and make you feel for her because yeah. that she she's one of the ones like she has to ride the bus every day. So pretty much when she goes home, she's out there with those fucked up people. And there's nobody else that lives around there. It's just it's like a little really grungy, shitty, rundown, horrible-looking cabin kind of thing, house or whatever. Um, and she's just out there. And, you know, as a young girl, just with probably with – she has dreams and everything else. And But the guys look at her like she's dirty and she's kind of – you know, I hate to say this, but like even when, when we were in school, you know, there was a family that lived out in the sticks – uh, out in the middle, th- their house was out on this dead end, out on this country road. And once you, I, I only was out there one time. We were in driver's ed, and we had to give one of the girls. There must have had like ten kids, and we had to Ooh. give one of the girls a ride out uh, home uh, in driver's ed. And so, um, and they were real poor. You know, didn't have uh, like their clothes looked old and kind of like you know they'd never looked like they were real clean or anything and the, there was like yeah, there was yeah. something wrong with them and we went out there and you got to the end of the road and then there was like a creek and you had to walk across a fucking creek to their house so i don't know what the you know it was just oh. one of those deals and it was sort of like that and then you know p- kids can be cruel and and uh and not oh, only yeah. that but like even the adults can be that way you know where they look down their nose at somebody or and, and and this girl she's just a she's just a girl you know she just she's she's uh like i said who knows what's happened to her she might have had some kind of of sexual abuse or some kind of abuse uh with drunk parents or crazy parents or she, uh, you know you don't know uh, and her life, you just imagine what her life was probably like. And uh, so that she could fall into a situation where all the boys at school and all, well, all the girls at school probably hate her. And everybody at school probably think, oh, she's that dirty girl that's out, like physically dirty, you know, uh, uh, poor. Her parents are nuts. And uh, she's real. She's real shy. Like she's backward. Like kind of shy. So they think mm-hmm. she's weird, or like she's there's something wrong with her. So she has all that, and she's and probably so such a very sad life to be like that. And um, then these asshole guys. She thinks that I guess that um, that the the boys like her. Because they, I'm sure, like probably the first time or something like that, they probably come out and they tricked her and uh, whatever. And and like I said, who knows? You know, with her, if her dad was like a sexually abusive or something, she might have thought this is the way that the only way people like me made friends or yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And so these guys go out there and they get drunk and they'll get one of them will go that and they're always like they're nervous. They're like, oh, you know, gotta get somebody's gotta go knock on the door. Well, I'm not going. So they go and they get her and they take her out in the fucking woods and each one of them 
Voxer. You know, it's not like, you know, I, one after the other, you know, kind of like gangbang deal or whatever. And, um, which is just fucking disgusting. And they're just like, you know, come on, man, yeah. don't uh, save some for me. And they're doing all that shit. And she's just laying there. I mean, it's just like, just like almost like comatose. And it's so yeah, sad. Cause looking off in the distance. Yeah. They, they, they focus like on her face and she's just like, like, it's like almost like a disassociative thing where she just letting them do what they want. So, cause they, you know, it's, it's some kind of affection which she's getting from nothing from nobody. She's just living in this shitty life. And um, so Buster, I think at first, you know, a lot of the guys, even, even uh, Jake at the store, the older, the, the old guy that owns the store, he said, you know, he'd even say, you know, why don't you go out and get some of that? You know? And he's like, uh, he goes, I'm the lone ranger. I don't, you know, he's got a girlfriend and, and he's just kind of like, you know, it's stupid. I'm not going to do that. (coughs) Excuse me. Cough button. Um, let me get a drink. But I think that um, the one thing that causes him, he he's he's kind of wanting to be an undercover dog because his girlfriend won't screw him. He's got blue balls and he's a, he's a young guy. And so <laughs> he's like, man, you know, fuck, I, I'm about ready to, hey, <laughs> I'm so horny about the bus, <laughs> you know, his nuts are probably about ready to explode. <laughs> So he thinks, well, you know, maybe I'll fucking, maybe I will just, but I'm not going to, I don't want my girlfriend, because people talk, so he didn't want his girlfriend to find out. Plus, he's always said, you know, I'm not going to do that and and to the guys, so he thought, well, you know, maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll get on the schneid and get out there and get some. And he sees her at school, and, um, well, the the one thing that she, that gets her attention is he he finally has a confrontation with the bus driver. Which is pretty pretty funny and how he handles it and everything. It's kind of like a classic, you know, kind of cool, like a Fonzie kind of a thing, you know. And that yeah, impressed, yeah. yeah. It, it 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 everybody's like, ooh, shit, you know, because they were all like, ah, Buster's gonna get, you know, get his now and everything. And then what happens and the way he plays it off, it's like I don't know if he was nervous or not, but he sure as shit didn't show it and he handled it in a real cool way. I was like fucking Marlon Brando or something, you know. And when he walked <laughs> by her He's like, Is she, this gonna be a fair fight or a dirty fight? He's like, There's only one kind of fight. He's yeah. like, All right. <laughs> <laughs> so he farts in the guy's face. <laughs> just farts right in his face. Just holds him down and just sits on his face. <laughs> and so anyway, <laughs> when he's walking by her you know, she's like kind of like an outcast. She doesn't have any friends or anything. And she just kind of gives him a smile and it just catches his attention. And then it's on, you know, because of course, you know, it's one of those things where like the, the, the fucking male turkey that fucking puts his big feathers out and the female turkey's like, oh, God damn. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's just, you know, just nature shit starts taking its course. Well, at first, because like, you know, back then I think they only had, at least in this this place, they, you know, they had like a ra- had radio, but you know, I don't you know, sit around TV or anything. They don't, and and it's sort of funny because we have all this technology like computer and big you know, flat screen TVs and all this shit. But actually, back then, you actually got together and went and did shit. <laughs> like you'd have dance. That's what like church <laughs> weird, was. Weird, huh? Mean, it was more like a social g- gathering. A social gathering. Everybody get together and or go to the pool hall and, and I mean Jesus Christ I I remember 
you know, even in high school and college, going to the bowling alley or going to play pool or, or, uh, you know, just getting in the car. going. We always hung out at, we always hung out at Hardee's after school. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's, I I remember people that just all park in the like Burger King parking lot and sit there and talk and shit, Mm -hmm. um, or whatever. And, um, uh, finger banging at the football game under a blanket. <laughs> Dig <Sorry>. it. <laughs> I don't think she listens to this show. Um, th- <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, jeans were very tight back then, too. They had skinny jeans back then, but we just called them jeans. Um, <laughs> a lot of heat could come through those motherfuckers. Um, so, um, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, uh, you know what I called birth control back then? Dry humping. <laughs> the, the biggest <laughs> condom in the world was made of denim. <laughs> Get fucking like fabric burn. Yeah. Like goddamn, you have to fucking put like a yeah. little dab of Vaseline on the on your dick because it would be rubbed raw. Um, whatever. I don't remember that. I heard about that one time. Um, so he takes. He asks Billy you know, out, he just says, you know, uh, why don't you go on a date with me? Well, he's still got his girlfriend, right? So he's kind of playing it like, uh, he'd go to his girlfriends and then, uh, he'd be like, oh, I feel good or something like that. So he'd leave and then he'd go pick up Billy or vice versa. I think mostly he'd pick her up second. Um, because then he could, you know, keep busting nut. (laughs) So at first it's kind of like, She's still really super shy, and it's very, very weird and awkward because she likes him, and she has, like, a crush on him, and she's probably, like, she can't even believe she's there. But, you know, right off the – he doesn't even know her, and this this is gross, and it's doubly gross because it reminds me of me doing stupid shit like this, like, not even knowing somebody, and they like you, so, you know, you just, like, have sex with them, and it's like, who the fuck? I don't know. But anyway, he just likes they go park and he's talking to her and everything. And then it's just like he just kind of reaches over and just starts unbuttoning her her top and she just kind of looks yeah. out the window. And yeah. it's really really kind of weird cuz it's she's probably hoping for something more and then it's just like okay, well here we go, you know. Um but then the best, the, the you know, I guess, yeah, the, the best part, because this movie is very, it does have some very touching moments, is that he really starts to like her. And, um, and mm-hmm. like he buys her like a little something, like it, it, just something simple that really touches her. Like he always brings like a, uh, some beers with him and she doesn't want any. And, and then, uh, the one time they've, went out there so many times and they talk and everything. And she, she's open, starts opening up slowly, you know, to, to talk or whatever. And, uh, he gives her a sip of beer and she just, she doesn't like taste of it. You know, you can tell, but then he pulls out like a bottle of like a grape crush or root beer or something. And he goes, I got this for you. And so he bought her something special, which she probably never had anything in her life. I mean that it's, it's sad, but that right there. She probably never had anybody ever get her anything, right? You know, just for right. her, because for to to make her happy, and it really makes her feel, you know, touches her and everything. And so then um, they kind of develop this routine where they're going out there, and he 
once he starts talking to her and stuff and they start becoming more well and not and not only that but like his girlfriend like when he'd get in his truck and and he would um pick her up and he would like want to drive real fast she'd be like you stop this truck right now or you know i'm not giving you any pussy or whatever you should say that but you know what i'm saying uh billy is more like when she st- when he starts driving the truck real fast she starts like Woo! yeah you know she likes it uh she she <laughs> is more like a country girl who likes doing shit like that and she fits him better than pamela sue martin's character who's kind of more prissy and uh i shouldn't say it because i mean mm-hmm. she was a nice girl she just didn't want to <laughs> you know fuck him you know until they got married she didn't want to give up the goods quite yet right um because that's the way you were supposed to do it back then and, and so then he's got this wild girl and so um then he makes a decision uh that wait a minute you know okay i'm with this girl and uh, he's kind of two-timing, but then he he starts thinking, you know, I really like this girl. And the other one, I'm kind of – it's played out. You know, we've been talking about getting married and for so long that it's kind of like a foregone conclusion. But, you know, fuck, maybe I don't want to fucking do this shit. So he, he, he uh, breaks the news to the girl and – or his girlfriend. And he decides, you know – he he's one of these guys that he's not gonna uh if he likes somebody he don't get like i said he liked whitey his friend who's kind of a little nerdy guy or whatever and, and but he he's like i don't give a fuck he's my friend i'll take up for him you know I'll beat somebody's ass if they talk shit about him or whatever and that's the way he is with her he's buster's kind of the guy that like that would like pick up strays you know like a stray dog or you know a, a cow that pisses all over him right 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 <laughs> which was gross i i can't I can't say I've, I've 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 never seen that in a movie before. Someone get pissed on by a cow. And that fucking cow, when they when they piss like that, uh, 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 you know, the female cow, it just comes out like a geyser, and he's trying to milk it, and the fucking cow <laughs> pisses all over him, which was pretty funny. Um, but he decides he's you know this is my girlfriend. I'm proud of her. I like her. I'm, I, he's in love with her. He's like I love her. Um, and he uh, asked her to go to church with him. So that was like the big coming out thing, and people were like, "Holy shit, what the fuck?" You, I, I mean, it's like the fucking roof of the church doesn't fucking fall in because she's supposed to be this notorious, you know, chick or girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like he he gives the preacher a little jab. He he says, you know, uh, she goes, oh, he introduces her because the preacher doesn't know her, and he's like, oh, nice to meet you and everything. He says, you know, I don't think I've ever seen you church. And, and Buster kind of has this moment. He's like, well, you know, her parents aren't church going, but she, you know, she may, she may come to your church if if she. I can't remember how he put it, but he's it's basically said if if you're any good, she may come back, you know, or something. And the the preacher's like. <laughs> <laughs> but all the guys are there and they're like, what the fuck? Cause they don't know any of the shit's going on. And then who's going to, you know, that's their, the, their go-to chick. And then all of a sudden, right. the, the, the guy that can probably beat all their asses and everything is, and is the, the, you know, most popular guy in the school or whatever is with her. And then, of course, his ex-girlfriend and her friends are I never liked him. He's a piece of shit and everything. So that's pretty, pretty <laughs> cool. And you have um, the world-famous, 
uh, first male full frontal nudity scene in a major motion major motion picture uh, was this movie. Was Jim it Michael. really? There had never been a studio film. Uh, you know, of course, you'd probably have like, you know, p- of course, porn and those old porn loops and stuff like that. But this is the first major studio film that ever showed full frontal nudity. But even that scene is done in such a uh, such a nice way. It wasn't like you were sitting there going, oh, my God, look at that. It was young love and it was so innocent. They're, they're sitting out uh, by this uh, – uh, like river or whatever and it's summertime it's hot and they're just sitting there talking and and uh and they decide to go skinny dipping and there's nobody around and it was done really innocently and jmv goes and starts taking his clothes and he's watching billy she kind of goes over to these bushes and starts taking her clothes off and he's watching her and th- this is like something really subtle because He's sitting on like a stump and he's taking his clothes off. He looks over at her. She's taking her clothes off. And his first thing, at least the way I perceived it when he's watching her is, you know, God damn. But then there's like this little subtle change. Like he's not ogling some naked, good looking girl. It's like he's looking at somebody that he loves. And it really is kind of a really nice moment. And uh, so then they, you know, they do their, you know, the little skinny dipping thing, which is, it's just fun. Like I said, it's so innocent. It just takes you back to when you were younger and everything and how things could be that way and not be all cynical and fucked up like they are. Now. <laughs> 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 but anyway, um, uh, then I remember talking about this movie at school with my friends. Cause like I said, it, we had, you know, you had th- ABC, NBC, CBS. So everybody was watching usually the same thing. Now you have, Oh, I was watching yeah. arrow, which is five seasons. I was watching Jessica Jones. Do you watch this? No, I don't even watch <laughs> this because there's so much shit. You know, you had more in common to talk about because everybody was usually watching the same thing. And, um, this movie, like I said, it has such a, 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 they have this middle part that is so touching and so nice and so awesome. And then it, it just, uh, I don't know. I don't want to give anything away because there's probably a lot of people, like you said, yeah. you never even heard of this. Now you know, I'm a little bit older, so I've never even heard of this. Yeah. Uh, being a J. Michael Vincent fan, but there's um, the, it, it takes a turn and it's um, something – It's it, to me, it's a very memorable movie because uh, it has mm-hmm. to – it's almost like a – I don't know, like almost like a Greek tragedy kind of a thing where uh, – but it – because of the story. And, and I did read that this was based on – uh, you know, loosely based on a true story that the the I think the writer something that had happened uh, in the small town that he huh. grew up in. Um, it's I recommend this movie to just about everybody, uh, and yeah, the 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 ending part of it and everything is um, it's really good and even 
the the very end scene uh with what happens um the aftermath uh is also mm-hmm. very touching and and uh you know like i said i i it's it's one of these ones that um i would rather you know everybody just see the you know see how it plays out themselves uh you know not yeah. give anything yeah. away and it's on youtube so yeah yeah, and uh, there's two different. I didn't check the one out. The one I wa- I watched it on my big flat screen, and the one it wasn't like you know it didn't fit the screen, but still you watch it. I didn't check the other one, so it might be a yeah. better version. Uh, I don't know if this is on DVD or not. I don't because the only way that I could get it a few years back was VHS, and uh, I still have it in the clamshell down in the base. I, I did some digging for it. I did, and I, and I only saw I only VHS? saw. Like the DVD, even a DVD out there seemed to be just a, a converted VHS. The VHS version. on uh, there's three of them on uh, Amazon for eighty four dollars and ninety nine cents. Now that but the, uh, you know, the, that uh, I don't understand is this was a popular movie. Maybe there's something fucked up about the rights or something. I don't know. Uh, and it's a good movie, yeah, so I don't know. know why it wouldn't be released. On something, I mean, like, well, I don't know who put it out. I don't know yeah. who, who uh, what studio, because I was going to say Warner Archives, but yeah. But anyway, what did you think of this since you hadn't seen it? Hmm. Uh, I it this surprised me. I didn't know what it was going to be. Um, I was surprised. I mean, I did not look this up on IMDb or anything beforehand, so I was surprised to see Jane Michael Vincent and everybody. And um, the I really like that the Hoyt Axton song yeah. at the beginning. Oh yeah. And you know, you listen to the words, and it's kind of like a kind of a. It almost sounds corny a little bit, but it's good. And then, like they play it again at the end, and it means something totally different than it right. feels like. Right. And I thought it was really good to end with it too. Um, I was definitely surprised to see Jan Michael Dong. <laughs> <laughs> the um, uh, I don't like. I don't know. It's like as soon as like the movie kind of settled in and everything started kind of like flowing. I don't know if it's like that I'm jaded and bitter or something, but the whole movie, I felt like I was waiting for something really shitty to happen. Yeah. <laughs> like more than half the movie. Yeah. So, um, there's a great moment, um, with, uh, kind of, a these long shadows and with Buster coming into like Jake's bar pool hall thing. Um, I, I thought that was a really nicely done. The, uh, the the one poster that I put on, uh, on the group, I think I put it on today or maybe I might've put it on my, on just on my wall. It's on my wall. The poster is like that. It's them, um, sitting at the, um, I think on, uh, at the uh, at the uh, pond or whatever, wherever they were at, and there's these, like you said, like the long shadows of these guys mm-hmm. cast over them, sort of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Yeah, but um, the 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 part with the, like the and it's kind of it's kind of how these movies work, but that this part near the end, that kind of like the climax of it, I thought that was a really well done scene and. It was kind of jarring, and um, you know the with the uh, I almost said with Freddy Krueger, 
with, with him saying, you looks like you got caught in the rain, Buster. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit, you know. Um, but, you know, this is, uh, I was surprised by this. I, th- I really liked it. I, I, uh, I didn't know what to, what to think of it, so, but it, I, I ended up liking it quite a bit. So I don't have much else to add, though. No, like rating this, geez, this is like an old favorite of mine. Um, hmm, I'm trying to think what I did, like what would drop it down for me. Um, I have, I, you know, just it's sentimental value, sentimental, uh, uh, you know, nostalgia and stuff like that. I give this. Uh, I was going to say, I've seen like some of the acting. Uh, Jan Michael Vincent, I always liked him as a kid. I don't think he was like a great actor. He's one of, he's like a movie star. He had the, uh, a, a persona. Uh, but there are times where mm-hmm. uh, his acting isn't, uh, you know, fantastic. I mean, he's not like a De Niro or Daniel Day Lewis or something like that. Uh, but he's not supposed to be. Um, I think I would give this, uh, I want to say a nine. I really love this movie. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I thought it was a great, very, uh, very, it was enjoyable, solid movie. Um, I, not to just repeat my score from last time, but this is a 7.5 for me also. I think I thought it was very good. I almost gave it this, Um, I I almost gave it an eight. I almost gave it an 8.75 just like I gave the, the other one but I was like okay if I give if I give street <laughs> savages you know now I, if for me it's a, there's a lot of nostalgia <laughs> here it, it, and it reminds me a lot of you know when I first saw it and when I was younger and shit but um like I said nice, I, it's nice. it's um one of these ones that you know Jan Michael Vincent in the mechanic with Charles Bronson and this um the movie mm-hmm. tribes there are several movies that I really love that he was in, um, but I'm trying to think who I would compare him. See, people used to – when they would do interviews with him uh, after he got all fucked up in the car wreck and he's a complete drunk and just looks like shit, um, had to have his leg cut off here just you know, a few years ago. Um, but mm. they would say – they would compare him to – they would say that he was his generation's Brad Pitt. Which was funny because he said, who's that? <laughs> but then when I was watching <laughs> Killing, Them so- Killing Them Softly with Brad Pitt, I was thinking, okay, I think maybe Brad Pitt is a little better actor. But to be honest with you, okay, mm-hmm. um, Brad Pitt to me is more of a movie star, and it's and I don't think he is – a like I don't I don't put him at the top level of actors like I said like a Daniel Day Lewis or somebody like that De Niro Pacino whoever um, or even right, Fassbender right. Michael Fassbender or somebody that's that these days that I think is really good um, so I wonder if this com- that comparison is is correct and I think but uh, yeah I mean I, it's but but then again, you, you, Jan. Also, it's kind of like a, a what could have been because he was a huge fucking star, a huge fucking star, and he started mm-hmm. out in Disney movies, and then like even up to um, the Burt Reynolds movie Hooper, and uh, he made 
he he had he he made a lot of choices that weren't great like he was in this uh one movie with kim basinger back when she first started and i apparently he must have you know had something going with her at one time uh and there were several like uh he made a lot of movies like this that were like uh drive-in movies like white line fever and um i'm trying to think of some other ones that he was in um even like the mechanic he wasn't like the main guy he was you know bronson was the main guy um but not real blockbusters hooper was a blockbuster as a burt reynolds movie and that was in, in his in his heyday and when he was really big but then when you know he hit airwolf and started doing that tv show and then started fucking doing tons and tons of cocaine and he always was a <laughs> really bad drunk uh he said you know well yeah. i grew up on the set with john wayne robert mitchum and uh and these guys and all they did was sit around and we played cards and drank and and so and he's one of these guys that is a a jekyll and hyde drunk almost like a the wrestler chris adams they said he was the nicest guy in the world and then when he would start drinking he'd become the meanest son of a bitch on the planet and that's how he was uh so it really you know killed his career um pitt didn't do that so you know and he's got a nice family and so you know maybe if jan michael wouldn't have gotten yeah, some, he's still he's still going he might have he might have evolved uh the last thing i saw him in where he mm -hmm. was decent and not completely uh fucked up was um buffalo 66 with uh vincent gallo and mm -hmm. he just had a small part in mm -hmm. that as the bowling alley uh, owner. Still looked good. I think he had had the wreck, but he had a goatee to cover up the scars around his mouth. So he still looked good, and he was mm -hmm. coherent. Everything after that was like Chad McQueen movies, and and uh, he was just his face was so fucked up, and he would just be so drunk and so fucked up even during the movie that you could tell when they shot it that he was just obliterated. But yeah. And 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 yeah. just to mention, uh, I'm glad you know I kept rambling because I forgot about this. Um, the girl that played uh, Billy, um, Joan, uh, was it Goodall? Yeah, uh, let's see, Joan Goodfellow. I'm sorry, Jane Goodall is the fucking gorilla woman. Um, Joan Goodfellow. <laughs> she kind of it's like a mystery. If you do a Google search, there's nothing like mm -hmm. people are asking the question, "What happened to?" Joan Goodall from Buster and Billy and everybody I mean there's no response nobody has anything now she did work until 84 was the last thing she was in a she did a lot of TV from after Buster and Billy um, she was in a movie called Lolly Madonna Triple uh, X and I think that had okay who was in? I thought I thought Sam Elliott was in. I need to see this fuck Rod Steiger Robert Ryan Jeff Bridges Scott Wilson this is one that has fallen through the cracks with me. Ed Lauder, hmm. uh, Season Hubley, Randy Quaid, Gary Busey, Paul Coslow. I got to see this. Uh, no. I, this is one I've seen the box art for, but I had never seen. And uh, we may have to do this on the show. <laughs> but she was in that before Buster and Billy. Yeah, this looks good. Everything was uh, everything was TV after that, but not a lot. And then she just fell off the planet Earth. There's nothing hmm. in there where it says, you know, she was dating this person or that person or, you know, anything about her life. Did you think she was hot? 
kind I, of she she was not unattractive. I mean, she was kind of plain, but like not. Yeah, she was fine. She's perfect for the part. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look that one up and see if I can get it and watch it. Alrighty, well that's all I have. Alright. Cool. If you know what I Alrighty, well we do have uh we're not gonna take a break for it. We have one email to read and um from Superfan Ralph Ralph yes. My my uh my my nose being stuffed is making that hard to say. Um he says Hello Silber und Gold uh, as I did worse than Sly and nobody understood me, I thought it might be better to send some <laughs> feet sack in written form. First, I am very pleased with you covering Hitchcock. He's one of my all-time favorite directors. Too bad he wasn't born a little later. He would have rocked the 70s for sure. He loved his ladies and the sleaze, so it's time for a Hitchcock top five for me. Um, number five, Shadow of a Doubt. Joseph Cotton shines as maybe the first serial killer in cinema history. Hmm. Number four, Vertigo. Jimmy Stewart, finally not nice. Number three, Rear Window. Would have loved to see a 70s version of this. Uh, number two, Notorious. Uh, maybe the most suspenseful movie ever made. Talking about a cup of coffee. And number one, North by Northwest, the ultimate entertainment fun flick. Cary Grant plays a clueless James Bond in what's got to be a close-to-perfect movie. So it's your turn now. So, Zone, oh do you have a top five Hitchcock? Top five Hitchcock? I, I'll be honest with you. Um, I haven't seen a ton of Hitchcock. Let me look here real quick, and I'll tell you. I haven't you. either, yeah. Okay. Um, but I have seen some. And um, here, especially here recently, uh, and I'm ashamed that some of the ones I, I I haven't seen. Okay, I have seen Rear Window with mm-hmm. Jamie Jimmy Stewart. That's uh, also Raymond Burr is a big mean guy in that uh, Rear Window. I have seen Psycho. Yeah. Puh, Psycho. I'm writing them down. Uh, Puh, Psycho. Uh, I have North by Northwest on VHS, and you know what? I have never watched it yet. It's a good one. Um. Let's see. What's the one? Okay, I watched Lifeboat. Lifeboat. And uh, oh yeah, Lifeboat. We both we did that one on the show. Yeah, we did that one on the show. Uh, I probably have seen more than I think because like Notorious and Spellbound, I've seen those. Stranger on a Train, I've seen that. I've seen I Confess. Yeah, I don't know if I've uh, seen enough to. I don't know if I've seen enough to even build a proper top five. Okay, I will say. Hmm, I still didn't watch Trouble with Harry, which I was going to watch this week, and I still have it, but I haven't watched it. That's little Shirley MacLaine, who I love. Um, what's the one about the um, – I, I, I really liked the movie Topaz, and that's one of his later ones. Mm-hmm. It is a um, spy movie that takes place in Cuba. I really like that one. Now, some people – I don't know if I should say some people didn't like it or not, but I – uh, I liked it because I like spy movies, which you don't. Um, let's see. Lifeboat was good. It's hard to put them in order. In order. Fuck a duck. I should have prepared. 
Um, I didn't prepare because I didn't know we had a. Yeah, I should have read this ahead of time. No, it's all right. The Lodger, I saw that one. That's an old one. That's like a fucking uh, uh, silent one about, um, oh, what's his name? The um, Jack the Ripper kind of dude. Because uh, there's a whole bunch of them. I have a, a two or three or four DVD box set, and they're nothing but Hitchcock's um, like silent stuff. Huh. Uh, I liked, uh, God damn it. Okay. Psycho's number one. Okay. I've seen Frenzy, but I haven't seen it in so long. I can't remember. Family Plot, I would not put in a top five. Uh, I might have to, because I can't, I'm not remembering any yeah. of these movies I'm looking at. <laughs> um, Dial M for Murder. I'm going just in, in chronological order of reverse. Strangers <laughs> on a Train was really good. Uh, Lifeboat. Number one would be Psycho. Number two would be, for me, I like Topaz. Uh, number three, Rear Window. Well, no, no, okay. Psycho, Rear Window, Strangers on a Train. That's three. I like Topaz and Lifeboat. I don't. I, I don't even know. I mean, because I, one I would have to put in my top five. I didn't really even like, and that was the remake of The Man Who Knew Too Much. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that one too much. Yeah. Um, I, I, would like, say, I confess with Montgomery Cliff, it was good, but I, it didn't blow me away at all. Yeah. I like yeah. Psycho quite a bit. I think Vertigo is my favorite. Uh, then Rear Window, then North by Northwest, then Psycho, and then fill in the blank with something else that maybe. See, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I saw Vertigo. Vertigo's some really of these, good. yeah, some of these ones I think I have seen. Like one, I know I've seen Vertigo because I fucking rented the son of a bitch. Now that I'm looking at the the uh, box art, but I don't remember. Let's see. Okay, I know he had fucking Fear of Heights or whatever. Yeah, and the, yeah, the yeah. Uh, I would have to watch some of these again. Yeah, um, I need to watch North by Northwest. I know that. Anyway, all right. So it says the uh, then again something funny from my work life. Um, I was making some Christmas decorations in my art class and uh, working with cotton wool. You know, for making beards for some toilet roll Santas. One of my <laughs> students managed to glue a huge amount of cotton wool on his face, telling everyone he just grew an awesome beard. I tried so hard not to laugh my ass off. Still, I had to shave his beard off right away. Such a pity. It would have loved to send him back home like that or even used him as a Santa for my school. Again, strict school politics here. Bummer. Uh, and now, once again, the feature presentation with five extremely important questions for you, Lofenzam. Um... Uh, five more questions five more questions tea or coffee (laughs) i had to stop drinking coffee after drinking one can each day for six years i even had my own coffee machine in my classroom but my stomach finally gave in so i switched to tea and man there are loads of types of tea i recommend fennel tea especially when you have stomach problems so Uh, these days i did the same thing it's not because my stomach or anything uh just being a manic stupid asshole uh, lots of caffeine is not my friend. So I switched to tea. Um, 
at home, I mostly drink um, decaffeinated tea. And I got into that thing where I was drinking peppermint tea and cinnamon tea and different flavors, which I like, you know, Mm. so I I, I, I go coffee. I hardly ever drink tea. I I drink coffee pretty much every day. I'll drink tea or coffee every once in a while if I'm really tired at work. Um, What's the worst Christmas gift you've ever gotten? Uh, Yeah, that's hard to say. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Worst. I just... I remember like um, my aunts and uncles and stuff like that when they wouldn't – they would never get you something. Like if they knew I liked wrestling, comic books, movies, and shit like that, they would never get me anything that had anything to do with anything that I liked. They would either get me something that they liked or – Get me something that was that took no imagination whatsoever, like a big tin of popcorn or something. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, thanks, you know." But uh, I can't. I can, honestly, I can't even think of any that I I'd rather had. Terrible. Like somebody write a card that had like something a nice sentiment or something. No, I take it back. The worst one I ever got. It was um, we had a, a. It was a thing at work where you draw names, and the 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 girl that got my name. It was like she gave me this kind of like southwestern themed wooden box and it was like i don't know it was not big enough to really hold anything it was so it was such a shitty present and it was so obvious that she bought it in like a a hotel like a a gift shop or something and like i was like what the fuck am i supposed to do with this like i was embarrassed when they handed it to me I rarely remember getting anything, honest to God, not trying to be a fucking douchebag downer crybaby or whatever. (laughs) Um, I very rarely remember getting stuff that I wanted. I I do remember, like as far as toys go, I got this um, toy M16 when I was a kid, and Mm -hmm. I loved the movie SWAT and Green Berets and shit and played Army and all that. So I I like that. I got um, uh, some G.I. Joe stuff when I was a kid that I liked, but, um, you know, my, my parents were a lot of times they were always into like getting you stuff that you needed, something practical, like, you know, clothes and yeah. stuff. Like that. But, you know, I never got anything that even with girlfriends, I always thought it was funny cause you'd go out and buy them a fucking necklace or a ring or something like that, that costs some fucking money. And they, you'd get like a shirt, <laughs> it's like, oh, that really, you know, you know, I like wrestling, you know, I like comic books, you know, I like movies, you know, I like motorcycles or, you know, even the sports teams that I liked. Yeah. And you'd never get anything like that. It would just be something that took no imagination, no, like, it's like, you know, okay, well, sorry. That's why, you know, Christmas, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, the best, best number three question number uh, best Steven Seagal movie character name: Mason Storm, Gino Fellino, uh, Nico Toscani, or Forrest Taft. I like Gino Fellino. I like Gino Fellino. <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue. All right, who would who would win in a fist fight? Jason Statham or Liam Neeson? For me, Lisa, uh, for me, Neeson for sure. He's got more muscles in his cock than Statham has in his whole body. I would have to say Statham. I'm going Statham too. Statham I might mean, may be on the juice sometimes. So, yeah, that and he seems like he has some martial arts skills. Yeah. Uh, 
Liam Neeson seems like a, maybe like he played rugby and got his nose smashed really good. And he's sort of a bigger dude and everything, but he's old. Yeah. He might, how old is he? Is he as old as me? And I oh, know he's I'm, older than you. I'm not going to beat up anybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, Liam Neeson might be 60. Well, shit. He was born in 52. Okay. Statham. Yeah, Statham's, <laughs> get, Statham's taking that one. All right, and the last question. Um, as you Statham's, were, sta, uh, Statham's fucking like my age. <laughs> so it's like an old man against another old man, an older man. Statham. As, as you were brave enough to admit to fuck a dude, although there's nothing wrong with that, of course, I grant you an easier one this time. If you had to uh, fuck any actress being 60-plus years old, who would it be and why? Hmm. Jesus Christ. There's a lot of them that are 60-plus years old now. I know. Uh, uh, let me think of who I really like. Uh, from movies that I really fucking used to want to bang the shit out of somebody. Let's see. Let's see. Somebody from the 80s. Christy Brinkley's over 60, I think. Yeah, yeah. She's not an actress, though, is she? Well, she, yeah, she was in fucking... She, she was in Vacation. vacation. Yeah. Um, God damn, that's hard. Wouldn't be Linda Blair. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Susan Hubley's 64. I always kind of wanted to fuck her after I saw her in that George C. Scott movie. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Michelle, uh, Mich no, Michelle Pfeiffer's not that old yet. Yeah. Are you sure? I don't think so. I think she's in her fifties. Damn. See, I'd go. I'd, I'd go Helen Mirren. I like okay. Helen Mirren. Okay. I just. Uh, well, you can take that old fucking hag. Uh, I'm <laughs> going with fucking uh, a spry sixty-two-year-old Kim Basinger because when I saw her in the door in the floor with Jeff Bridges, and she was in her probably mid to late fifties then, and she's still fucking gorgeous. Yeah, Mirren's an old woman. Hey. I mean, try and get at least close to sixty. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm you know Helen Mirren when even even up to like, you know, but now she's too old. You think? Oh God, yes. Ground, you don't. You're not down with the gilf action. Uh, every did just about every woman that I've talked to lately about going out with is a gilf. <laughs> uh, my, my one of my good friends at work. Just her daughter just had a baby, so she's officially a gilf. But she's only like fifty years old. Seventy years old is too fucking old, and I don't give a shit what pictures they show of Helen Mirren now, where she's all airbrushed and you know she's still got she seventy year old woman. What she's about Susan Sarandon? No, she's too old. Too old. What about uh, how old Susan is Sharon Sarandon's Stone now? Susan Sarandon's sixty fucking nine. Wow, how old is Sharon Stone now? Sharon Stone is 57. I'd still fuck her. She's not 60 yet, though. I, I would never fuck anybody 60. <laughs> <laughs> until well, that, I get... <laughs> until you are 60. I don't even know if I'd do it then. <laughs> That's when you start going younger. All right. He says, uh, cheers and best wishes, Rolf. Uh, P.S. Oot is not German, by the way. Out is Raus. Pronounce it Raus in German, but it doesn't sound that funny. And P.P.S. Some funny fart noises. Well, I don't think that we thought that oot was German. We always said that for like a Canadian. 
Oh, is it Canadian? Say, I, I always say, thought it was like a German they say accent. Oot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Go oot. I'm oot in a boot. A boot. All right. That's it for feed sack. You can always send us that. No, fuck you. Feed Rolf. sack to two two zero six. I love Rolf. Three three nine sixteen hundred. Our silver gold podcast at gmail dot com. And you, as always, you can download our show on iTunes, on Stitcher Radio, maybe, and on our website, silverandgold.com. Um, and join our Facebook group. My brain's not working. At facebook.com slash groups slash silverandgold. Uh, I think I'm done for this week because I'm not feeling so hot. Yeah. Zom. Rest. What's that? You need to go rest. Yeah, I'm going to go put on Netflix and pass out. Quit partying so much. Yeah, for real. Partying by myself. Um, Zom, do you have anything else, sir? I have absolutely nothing to add except time to this podcast. We don't need yeah, me too. We'll, we'll, so we'll put, our, put our picks for next week on the Facebook group as per our usual now. So um, until next time, this is a loaf. Oot! Samas! Oot! Bye-bye.